Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Kathy, Tinkasidate, Rob Beckett. Abu Basic. Uh, Josh Whittacombe. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, was cute. Okay, so here is my 21-month-old caddy attempting the intro. I've waited so long for her to do a decent enough job to send in. Can Rob guess the language and where we're from? Well, I think that's Welsh. I'd say s- Southern Wales. No, we live in North Wales, so she Ugh. speaks mainly Welsh and some English, as taught by Dougie and Bluey. I had a bad experience in North Wales. Did you? Well, like, the, a woman in a shop refused to speak English to me, and I just didn't know what I was buying, and I just ha- oh, no. and I knew she could speak English, and then in the end, I just left because I couldn't purchase oh, anything because no. I didn't know what, oh, no. what it was, and what she just shouted at me. Lube. <laughs> Absolutely love the podcast. Been listening for about a year, trying to catch up while listening to the new episodes too. Just getting to the Josh newborn days. It's bringing back memories of a shit sleeper roaring back. Thanks for your laughs, you sexy beasts. Leo, 425 months. And Gary, <laughs> 392 months. Lead bitter from Carnarvon in North Wales. Can- Carnarvon, that's where I was. And the, the theatre manager only spoke to me in Welsh as well. Oh, Rob. And I was just like, what are we doing here? Like, Surely, the, if, if the audience can only speak Welsh, I'm in real trouble there. Well, I was just like, look, I've not I've not applied for a job in your theatre and moved to Wales and refusing to integrate. I'm here for one night. Please, oh, just please answer me in English. All I want, just basically, I just want to change the lighting slightly. And I, I, I'm not going on Google Translate. We're up against it. It took me five hours to get it from crew. For fuck's sake, Carnarvon. And there's Carmarthen. Nearly went there by accident. Yeah, that's in South Wales. Beautiful up there, though. No, it isn't, is it? Carmarthen is Carmarthen, Carmarthen. Oh, oh, there's Carmarthen as well. Oh, my God. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Don't worry. I love the Welsh. I've just love the Welsh. had a frosty reception in North Wales and I have in South Wales. I yeah. think they're a little bit calmer in South Wales, aren't they? I'm not getting into that, Rob. I'm not, I'm no? not getting into that kind of what, discussion. What, is that because you agree or not? It's because I, I think all of the Welsh are great. <laughs> I love the Welsh, but From I Gareth find it's Bale more laid to back. Hugh Edwards. It's more laid back in South Wales, I think. We'll get Ellis on and ask him. He's from South Wales. He's very laid back. Yes. Very I've got a lot back. of my friends. Lou's uh, family are from South Wales. Um, and um, 
my mates from South, my, from my mate Luke's from Swansea. Um, and they're very swan? chilled. I He's a, a swan. swan. Yeah. Big Swansea fan. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, he was a fan of Ellis James when Ellis James was on the forums. Oh, my word. I know. He went, oh, oh my. He actually went, I listened to Ellis James. I get a little, I saw him at a game once. I wanted to say hello because I remember him on the forums. Oh, he was, this was before Ellis, Ellis was famous on Swansea forums before he even did comedy. Yeah, I know. He used, to have, yeah, he used to have an office job and he'd just argue on Swansea forums. <laughs> <laughs> what a loser. Um, <laughs> I, thought loved all the, I thought he loved all the Welsh. I don't. <laughs> I tell you where, though. Have you ever been Aberystwyth? The windiest place after Aberdeen. It's the windiest place in the world, isn't it? And when I went there, there was some sort of council problem where there was no parking attendance. You could park where you want. It was absolute carnage. Rob, make your mind up on parking attendance. <laughs> <laughs> Last week you don't like them. Today, suddenly you think they're... Do you know what? I love the law, but sometimes you need a bit of leniency. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, go, go on, sorry. You need to tell me about... Um... Where did what your parents take you that you don't think they'd have wanted to go to? Yes. As what, a child. What did, yeah. Where did you go? After we spoke about Holly Willoughby and Louis Theroux being dragged along to YouTuber boxing by their teenage yeah. sons. Well, my mum got into Plymouth Argyle because I wanted to go to the games, which I think is above and beyond. I think that's fair enough. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. We went to a uh, Panini swap shop. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I like the sound of this. Yeah. Before you could like do it online. Before you could do it online, there was Exeter West Point Arena. It was, I think it was, or somewhere in Exeter. Mm. There was like loads of kids from around the southwest would meet up, and it, it was like a Panini event where you went and you swapped your Premier League stickers. Yes. And I didn't know anyone there, and I was too nervous to go up to anyone, so we left without me doing any swaps. Oh, Josh, that is. Oh my God, that's like the start of like a, you know, a baddie in a superhero film. That's how it begins. <laughs> what, the swapper? The swapper. And he, and he kills people and then leaves a sticker on their forehead. Yeah, because he, he was too scared and then got laughed at by the bully boys. And you was like, yeah. I'll show them. And then you, you'd kill people and stick a sticker on their head. There'll just be like a Gary Cahill sticker on their forehead. <laughs> so that, this yeah. is even more nerdy. Go on. For a year, I was into Games Workshop, Rob. Oh, my God. Do you know what, though? Like, because I'm into little figures to a point, yeah. but that, like, yeah. the actual playing a game with them. Yeah, my mum used to drop and run. It, even she was ashamed. She wasn't ashamed, Rob. She wasn't. She just wanted to leave me. To she didn't stand in the corner with all her mates chatting like with, you. <laughs> with, some, with some men in their 20s with ponytails who talked to us about our lead figures. Do you know what, though? I think that's nicer because, like... It was, it was a lovely... I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It got an unfair rap where, actually, I would have liked that. Like, not yeah. all, like, the fantasy ones, but, like, other little... I like my little microstyle figures, like a bit of leg. I'll, yeah. I collect a few little like wrestling figures and I've got these back to the future ones that I got from when I was over in Orlando. I quite like it, but like you couldn't like that without getting beaten up in my school. No. In fact, I, a, a friend we both know, uh, Will Briggs, yeah. who's a comedy promoter, got uh, he got mugged coming out of Games Workshop when he was a teenager. Oh, oh my God. What did they take? Loads of unused condoms out of his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my mum also taking me to see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Yes. And I loved it. And then about 10 years later, I remember having a discussion with her. I was like, oh, yeah, it was really good, wasn't it? And she was like, no, it was terrible. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, for all those years, I thought she had a great time at the Teenage oh, well, Mutant that, Ninja Turtles. She did well then. 
Yeah, she did really well. That's she something she really aspired well. to. I, yeah. What did we do? I Lou's dad took her to see Peter Andre at Fairfield Halls in Croydon. Oh, wow. Um, what must that have been like I don't for know. him? I'll have to ask Mick Watts. What it was. He probably won't remember. Yeah. Um, but let us know. Send him in. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Well, Rob, yeah. should we bring on our guest? So this week we have got star of Britain's Got Talent and extrically judge. It's Alicia Dixon. Hello, Alicia Dixon. Welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to have you on, Alicia. Hello, how are you? We're good, aren't we, Josh? You all right? Yeah, very excited. I, sh- I Do you know what? I uh, we've, we've never met, have we, Alicia? But no. But my wife used to work on Chatty Man, and when I said I was interviewing you, she said, she is one of the nicest people I've ever we ever had on the show. Really? Yeah, so... Nice. Not saying there's a lot of pressure, but what I'm saying is that's a good sign because it's you know it's a good sign when one of the production team says that as opposed to someone else who's. Do you know what I mean? It's always a good sign, I think. Someone that has to say that, yes. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're the ones that will normally just slag them all off, but yeah, yeah. You've done oh, she's there. hated a lot of people. I'll tell you that, Alicia, but not you. You're on a pedestal. Oh, that's very nice. Tell her thank you. I will do. I will do. <laughs> well, yeah, you do. I'd say, Alicia, because. Uh, you are you've you know you've been on some of the biggest shows on telly, proper to like top dog level stuff here, and you're still likable and nice. So how do you achieve that? Because there is a level of telly that some worried, people Rob? get to. Are you worried? Can you, can you swear on this podcast? Say whatever the fuck you want, Alicia. Oh, I was to say, just don't be a dick. It's really simple. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. You no, know, just just be nice. Treat people how you want to be treated. You yes. know, and have a bit of humility about you. It goes a long way, especially yeah. with the Brits, right? Yeah. Yes. How is working uh, with Simon Cowell? <laughs> 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 nice. Um, no. <laughs> actually, great fun, I have to say. Yeah. Like Before I worked with him, I had this idea of what he might be like. But actually, in reality, he's a bit cheeky. He likes a laugh. Um, he likes rebels. He likes people, you know, with an opinion. He like he just loves people. And actually, he treats people really well. Um, yes. And he's always very warm. So, yeah, it's good fun. There we Brilliant. go. Oh, that's you, good. You know that. Well I, done. That was, a, that was a good answer to <laughs> what was, to be honest, a bit of a facetious question that I shouldn't have opened the interview with. Um, <laughs> We, we should always start with, what is your situation, Alicia, at home? What how, What's the kid's situation? Well, I've got a nine-year-old who's downstairs on the sofa poorly right now. Oh. And a three-year-old who is uh, at nursery. Right. Yeah. OK, that took a bit too long, Alicia. <laughs> I forgot where she was. Um, and I have a lovely partner called Azuka. Nine and three. That's a quite a difficult gap, isn't it, a little bit? Because I, my brother was six years older than me. That The, the nine-year-old will want to be doing, like, almost nearly teenager things, and then the three-year-old's a bit younger. How's that playing out? Do they play well? Well, I thought that leaving the gap was smart, right? Because mm. my in my mind, I thought, okay, if by the time I have the second child, the first one will be able to assist me. She can fetch the nappies. She can yeah. do all of, you know, I'll give her a job. Um, yeah. But my nine-year-old likes to be pampered, so that kind of backfired. Oh. And also, I thought, oh, the nine-year-old will be more motherly and, you know, big sister, look after her younger sister. They argue a lot. So, yeah, like there's a lot of clashing between them. But when they're great, as you know, they are amazing. But they have those moments where they they go at it and I just have to leave the room and let them figure it out between them. (laughs) (laughs) Just walk away and let them. Someone said to me, because I'm always trying to, you know, I used to intervene quite a lot. And then when we 
remember away at Christmas, someone said to me, you know, you know, their kids had grown up and they said, you know what, when they argue, just let them get on with it. Just let them figure it out between them. So that's what I've started doing. I that's good. Away. Yeah. Well, if it turns a physical, though, surely the nine year old's <laughs> got the upper hand. Which with my three year old, it does sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Come in, the three year old's holding down the nine year old. Even turns on me. So, yeah, you have to, the younger one rules the house. Period. Really? Okay. Boss. Yeah, she is the boss. Don't mess with her yet. <laughs> do you feel like, because you've had a big distance, do you feel like you're a different person? Like, Yes, and I've got more grey hairs and I'm exhausted. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I look different. <laughs> I've had to practice the art of patience and it's, yeah. a, it's a daily practice. But my goodness, going from one to two was a massive shock to the system. It's so mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's... because when I was pregnant with my first daughter, you know, towards the end, I'd lie around watching box sets, you know, chill out. But you can't do that, can you, obviously, with a second because you're yeah. running around after your other child. Yeah, you're looking after a six-year-old. That's quite an intense kind of experience. Was yeah. your was your six-year-old excited by the idea of becoming an older sister? He was, because she came home one day and asked for a sibling. And, yeah. um, so <laughs> and you got to it. Got to it, honouring honouring our firstborn. And, uh, so cute, actually. The first time we told her that uh, we were having a baby, and she didn't believe us. She did not believe us. She kept saying, "What? There's a baby in there? Are you sure it's not just food, mummy?" Uh, so <laughs> really excited. Always wanted a sister. She got her sister, and then when uh, you know her father and I said to her. About a year ago or so, um, like, how would you feel about having another sibling? She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> She's over it. He is over it. <laughs> Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Did you, did you, was it nice though? Because she was in school, your eldest, wasn't she then, I imagine, when you had your baby? Yeah. Um, was she still in, yeah, she, was, she would have been six, so she was in school. So did you have a bit more time in the day to sort of like one-on-one -on -one with the baby? Where we found, because we only got a two-year age gap, the eldest was still at home when we had the baby, not even sort Ooh. of properly in nursery. Ooh, so it was a bit like, you was a bit split down the middle. That's full on. But when I had the second baby, I have to be honest, it was a bit of a whirlwind because... I was working right up until my waters broke. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, whilst I was working. Really? And... Is that why Simon Cowell looks so shocked all the time? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I honestly, yeah, towards the end, I was quite stressed and I ended up having a four weeks earlier than she was supposed oh, to be. Oh, wow. Um, and then I had to fly to America to film America's Got Talent after five weeks of having her. 
Oh, so, my God. Oh, my word. Yeah. It was a bit mental the first uh, couple of months. Fortunately, I've got a very supportive mum, amazing partner, and we just all, you know, we just got on with it and just made it work. So we were in America for the first couple of months of her life. And then, yeah, when we came back, um, I had the Christmas period to kind of relax. Azura was at school, and then it was straight back into BGT in the January. So it was quite oh, full on wow. with it. Wow. And then was that yeah. COVID? Well, actually, yeah, we came back from doing the promo trip in the Jan, and then I think we went into lockdown in the March. Yes. And actually, that period of time when we had that amazing summer, that beautiful weather, and yeah. we spent a lot of time together, quality time as a family. And that's when you know that's the test, isn't it? When you feel forced to be with, with each other, if you can still like each other at the end of it. And yeah. mm. we had a very, dare I say, successful lockdown. Uh, like, yeah, the fact we just got on with it and it was great. But I have to say my, my eldest daughter, even though she, you know, doesn't want us to have any more children, um, she loves her sister. She's very protective. She, you know, she's been super helpful. She's proud of her. She loves showing her off. You know, it's that typical thing. Are you, are you panicking now because you said that she didn't want any more siblings? You don't want us to listen back in case <laughs> in a few years time and accuse you of uh, being mean about her. Is that, was that a safety sentence there, Alicia? Maybe. And it, but she's, <laughs> you know what? She's, she changed changes every week. I mean, even the other day, she said to us, oh, I think we should have 10 siblings. And you just go, huh? <laughs> Do you know what? I preferred the first answer of none. Yeah. It's like last month, you said no, absolutely no way. I think it's because the fear of having a little brother. So she's like, I'd rather not, you know, charge. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can split, yeah, can get a couple more girls to back her up in case there's a little boy running about. Yeah, but honestly, I think we're, we're okay, actually, with two. I think, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I take my hat off to anyone with more than two. Well, yeah, because you because you, you, you had quite a lot of half siblings. I think I don't know what the correct term is anymore because I've got like half brothers, as it were. Was it was it quite, was there a lot of kids around when you was growing up, or did you not see them all? Or how, how was that? Because I find that because there was a lot of us, I quite like it just having two kids. Where Josh was sort of you had half siblings, but you was almost the only child. You quite like yeah. it being busy and lots yeah, of people I love around life being busy. Do you quite oh, like it a bit quieter, Alicia? Um, yeah, like I've got five brothers, one sister um you know grew up with a lot of noise so yeah, yeah. i'm probably more leaning towards the quieter side <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've had enough of people being in the house <laughs> <laughs> fuck off and leave me alone <laughs> rob's had enough people before the age of 20 he's done with people <laughs> oh, just... now, there were so many people in my house i remember once my auntie come to stay and my mum went oh i was about 14 she went can you find somewhere to stay this weekend around your mates or something because she's coming down so i got shipped out to my mate's house for two nights <laughs> I mean, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family. I mean, most of us did, right? Um, and I think I always dreamed of having the classic 2.4 children scenario, you know? Um, just something very simple, not too noisy, you know? And it, it, I mean, it's exhausting in the most beautiful way though, isn't it? Well, I mean, still tiring with two, but the thought of having like four, five, six, seven kids running about. And, and some people make it look easy. Yeah. Oh, there's a... Some people are just born to do it, aren't they? Like they're just born for that life and they just make it look so easy. But I think when you're working full time as well and then trying to be present as a parent, that's when it gets a bit yeah. challenging. Well, yeah, how do you juggle that? How do you split the parenting? Is it, and you're, you're a partner. Um, so is he working full time as well or is he not? Because when you're properly filming, it's full on. He's a choreographer, isn't he? Is that right? He's a writer, choreographer. Yeah. Um, we actually have a production company together. We yeah. work a lot together and separately. 
Mm. Yeah. And we just, you know, we, we've got great support. You know, my sister works with me. You know, my mum lives very close by and I just have a really good support system. And I guess because I, you know, I represent myself, I don't, I'm in control of my diary and what's coming have in. Have you not go- got an agent or a manager? Uh, well, I had a manager for 14 years and we departed mm. ways just over a year ago. Because I just... Oh, wow. He was a good friend and we worked really well together. Mm. But, you know, I just really love the idea of um, taking care of my own business, really. Yeah, and the 15% back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really like the idea of that. More you money. know what? I, honestly, I've always... I, that, that's very funny. But that's not what it was. <laughs> no, no, I'm messing. I'm messing. <laughs> that was very funny. Um, I love the idea of Rob looking after himself. I hate of, it. Oh, my God. That's the best Rob money I've ever sorting spent. Sorting out his own diary it would be... Your career would have collapsed within a fortnight. Within a week, I'd be in Leicester Square looking at my phone screaming and crying. Really? Well, you yeah. see, even since I was a little girl, I always used to write a diary for myself in terms of what I would do throughout the day. It was a very strange thing to do when you're nine years old. But wow. I used to, so I've always been very independent. So yeah, it feels quite natural. So yes, just so I can kind of dictate the diary where if I've got intense periods, I can make sure I pull back and then I'm there for the kids and we have quality, you know, good time together. So it hopefully balances itself out in some way. So what's quality good time with the kids? If you've got three weeks off because you've just come back from America's Got Talent. Three weeks off? Well, no, well, a week. Oh, God, you need that's, a manager. That's what happened You're if Rob was looking after his own diary. Yeah, yeah. Three you weeks. have three weeks off. Yeah, we've got, it's about balance. I'll have three weeks off over Christmas, uh, Alicia. Amazing. Rob is like a man who works on an oil rig. He's either working or he's not working six months each way a year. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's how it works with Rob. I'm, an, I'm a deep sea fisherman. <laughs> yeah. But okay, you've got a, a, a week off or something. You've got some time off. With, are you. Yeah. Going on holiday and doing something big or you just indoors when they come home from school and trying to do really normal, sort of almost just like being cosy indoor stuff. What what, yeah, what are you so doing? At Christmas time, I always like to go away, need to, you know, follow the sun. We were in Jamaica mm. at Christmas, which is where my family are from. Um, and it's the first time I got to take the girls there. You know, I think it was very important for them culturally to see, you know, where their you know their grandparents are from so yeah they had an amazing time there we always chase the sun but then in the summer we try not to go away as much because it's the only time in England where you get lovely weather so you don't want to then be away and miss that so we always and yeah I love just doing the simple things like on Sunday you know it was raining but I forced the girls to put their wellies on and you know we've got the woods near us so we go out go out walking obviously we've got dogs so we just love doing simple things, baking with them, cooking. We'll pick a family mm. movie to watch together, play games, like all the, the normal, simple things. They're the nicest things. They just want your attention, don't they? They just want to know you're tuned into them and you're not. Because obviously when you know in our industry, you're always on the end of your phone. You're always doing emails, working. They want to know that mum and dad have put the phone away and they've got your full attention and you're invested in whatever they choose to do. Even if they're sitting there, you know, yeah. colouring in and playing between themselves, yeah. they want you to see what they're doing they want to know you're invested in them so we try as much as we can and like i say to azuka all the time when we're in the house we're constantly working but we've got to be clever about it sometimes they can't always know that you know we're working sounds like you need an agent (laughs) (laughs) i'll do it for you Do not get Rob as your agent. Your career will be over. I think 15% of just Britain's Got Talent, I'd probably retire on that, Alicia, just being your agent. Is that all right? When you were doing America's Got Talent with a baby, yeah. how did you... Where was the baby? Yeah. Was, 
in so, the, was she in the studio? Like, were you running off to breastfeed? How did it work? How we did it was, so the four of us went and my mum joined us. And then I literally, so we were in a hotel around the corner from the studio. And I literally would have her, I would be breastfeeding her whilst having my hair and makeup done. I'd wow. go over, do the show. My mum would take over. Um, and then I'd come back from work and I'd wake her up and put her back on my boobs. Amazing. <laughs> what <laughs> existence. Um, and it worked really yeah. well. And actually the schedule was very, very, um, it was very easy. Like it wasn't every single day. It was uh, spaced out quite nicely. And, you know, I don't know if you like LA, but I love LA. It's like blue sky, beautiful weather. And yeah. that really actually in a weird way kind of helped with recovery because we were quite happy to be there and so everyone was in a very nice mood and we could just like relax and you know I, I it didn't feel too overwhelming it was more the idea of it that felt overwhelming but the reality of it it was quite smooth so you were never knackered and taking it out on the buzzer on the axe just buzzing <laughs> just them off. Buzz, buzz, come buzz. on let's get this over with i want to go to bed no it's more tiring <laughs> once they start walking when they're a baby i mean it's a breed right I thought you meant the act. It's much more tiring once they start walking off the stage. <laughs> Just put them through. Golden buzzer. Next. I need to get a feed on. Let's go. Honestly, I was so happy to be working on television in America that nothing was going to um, get in the way of that. So, yeah. yeah. The <laughs> exactly. So the, the, yeah. The old American big break. Um, now, how did you feel about going there, though? Because obviously, like, as a man, you don't sort of think about that. You're having a baby, but, like, you don't actually physically need to be there if you're not breastfeeding and things like that. So yeah. did, was you a bit nervous, like, oh, God, am I going to slight the production? Am I going to be a hindrance? Or was the vibe quite welcoming? And don't worry, Alicia, you do you. Because it is a huge juggernaut that, you know, for every minute it's delayed and slowed down does it has yeah. a sort of impact. So how did you it's feel? Good, it's a good question, because if I'm being honest, when I first got the call that... Uh, the NBC wanted to, you know, have a Zoom meeting with me and discuss possibly joining the show. The first thing I thought was, oh, my gosh, they know I'm pregnant. Because I thought yeah. if they know I'm pregnant, they're not going to want me to join the show because, as you know, anything could happen. They might not want to take the risk. So we jumped on the Zoom meeting and I hid my bump. But the first thing that the producer said was, oh, we hear you're having a baby. And I was like, oh, they know. Brilliant. Great. And they still want me to do it. So that was a relief. So then obviously... They were very um, supportive in making sure that, you know, I could have my family with me. And, yeah, they didn't put any pressure on me. And as I said, the schedule was very, very, you know, well paced out. So nothing was um, too strenuous. And they were very understanding. And I'm sure if, you know, there was a moment where I needed to go back to see the baby, they would have allowed that to happen. So, you know, a lot of women working on the show that have got children. So there's that understanding and empathy mm. as well. Also, you did. Um, Australia's got talent as well. It's a long way to go for what I can imagine is about a half an hour show. Yeah, that was actually <laughs> that flight was hell. That was actually <laughs> talk us through that flight. So yeah. when did you go? So the first time we so the first time we went Australia. Um, well, we came out of quarantine, and then the day we came out of quarantine, Australia went into lockdown. We spent five weeks in Australia, two weeks quarantine, three weeks lockdown, and the show was cancelled. Oh, God, oh, talk us through this, Alicia. Oh, my <laughs> fucking God. I'm, I'm getting stressed and it's happened already. I feel like yeah. it's happening now. Well, I, took, I had to take my daughter out of school three weeks early. Oh, I wasn't God. happy about, but they 
put work together for us so she could do some homeschooling. Obviously, Anea was very, very young at the time. Uh, and that flight to Australia, was, I had I literally had a meltdown on the plane. Oh, no. I don't know if you've ever traveled, how far you've traveled with a child, but when you've got one that doesn't want to sleep on, in a, on a 24-hour flight. Oh, my <laughs> God. Start, oh, God. Start to lose your mind. And it got to that point. And I was feeling quite hormonal. And there was, and I literally was chasing around this flight, walking up and down, up and down. And at one one point, I thought, I can't chase her anymore. And I sat down. And the minute I sat down, she falls over, hurts herself, starts oh. crying. Oh, my and, word. Um, it was just one of those never-ending like hellish moments oh my God. where everything you could imagine that would go wrong with a toddler went wrong. Oh, oh. my God. Did you get any sleep in the 24 no. hours? No, oh. and then you start to lose your mind. So then... And then you have to go into quarantine. Then you go into quarantine. And, and you've got you, a mask on the whole time as well. Oh. got a mask on the whole time. But the whole time you're having this internal conversation with yourself going, don't moan. This is this is a great opportunity. <laughs> lucky to be doing this. You yeah. should should not be miserable or crying right now. <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to cry my eyes out. But it's a, it's oh a, man, alive! That is. And intense. then a year later, we went back and did it all again. But luckily, uh, we didn't have to quarantine. Didn't have to do lockdown. The show was a success, and my toddler slept on the flight, so it was all good. Oh, oh there we gosh. go. It's got a happy ending. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. An another, let's let's get away from the, uh, let's see, uh, every nation's got talent. Uh, yes. Uh, you've, <laughs> sold, talent. you've sold over 100,000 books. Yes. You've got a new book. 100,000. Is that good? That yeah. is good. That's oh. a lot of people. Oh, good. Yeah. I think it's good. No, it's good. Either yeah. that or me and Rob are bad. One of the two. <laughs> I think we're doing all right, but we haven't done that, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, thank you. I mean, Basically, it goes us, Alicia, Prince Harry, and then Richard Osman. <laughs> I mean, I think David Walliam sells probably about 100,000 books in a week. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I suppose you've got... Uh, the problem is you're sat next yeah. to someone who's the biggest... But to give you your due, you are the biggest selling middle grade debut author of 2018. Can David Williams say that? That's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah, mm. that yeah. is quite cool. And yeah. now you've got a new book, Lunar Wolf, Animal Wizard, which yeah. is for, so middle grade, does that mean kind of early teen? Is That's that what seven, we're looking at? Like seven plus. Seven plus. So right. between, I would say between about seven and 12, like my daughter is nine and she only just um, picked up my first book, uh, which was uh, Lightning Girl, which I wrote back in 2018, obviously. And it's only yeah. now she's just starting to get interest. But obviously if you've got like young readers that are really interested in books, 
from the age of, you know, seven, then yeah, they can get into these books. It's that really, it's a really cute age actually, because they're very inquisitive and their little imaginations are still running wild. And they're, you know, they're at that lovely sweet spot where you can kind of have fun with that age group. Yeah. And do, yeah. does it, uh, what, what did it feel like when your daughter picked up your book? Do we nervous? Was it, it exciting? Yeah, it was like job done. <laughs> she, was, she was part of the inspiration why I wanted to do children's books in the first place. Um, reading to her every day, looking at the kind of characters she's into, you know, not feeling like she's reading books that really reflect who she is and her culture. And that was a big deal for me. And I'm very much one of these people that's like, if you don't like it, just get on with it and do it yourself. So I was yes. like, I'm going to create characters that my children and hopefully, you know, thousands of other young children can see themselves in, feel represented, feel included. And you know what? It's it's kind of surpassed that now. It's really just about writing good stories that connect with people. That's very inspiring that, you know, your daughter can pick up a book that you've written and it sort of, you know, speaks to her sort of culture and identity and things like that. Whereas my children picks up my autobiography and learnt the word piss. <laughs> oh my gosh. How old's your daughter? Uh, 23. Oh. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> she's, she's seven. Kid <laughs> Eldix, so I got you there. <laughs> I was thinking, hold on a minute, I thought you were young. <laughs> um, I'm youngish. Oh, um, that's funny. Yeah, no, so but that's amazing. Though. This one, Luna, your new one's Luna Wolf, and it's yes. sort and you love animals. You've got rescue dogs, is that right? You've got a couple of spaniels. Oh, yeah. Well, we used to have seven at one point. Whoa. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I thought you liked a quiet house. Apart from the dogs. We forgot <laughs> to mention that bit. I mean, yes. I've, always, I've always grown up with dogs. They've always been in the house. And the reason we were able to have seven dogs is because my mum lived, lived with us in the annex and we kind of split the dogs between the two houses, but they'd kind of meet in this middle area. Right. Uh, House. And we we bought this big van and we ripped out the insides and we called it the Woof Wagon. And all these dogs would jump in and we'd go on our <laughs> big walks and go on dog holidays. I mean, we're, we're very yeah. much like Amazing. dog lovers in this house. And we all of our dogs are rescue dogs, um, you know, and, and that, that's important to us. So, yeah, it was only a matter of time, really, before writing a book that put, you know, animals front and centre and I've also done a lot of work with animal charities over the years and been on rescue missions. So the themes in the book are very much inspired by things that I've seen. And also just those lovely little subliminal messages to the younger audience to really respect animals, treat them with kindness. You know, it's really important because a lot of them, as you know, are exploited. So we touch on those themes. But at the same time, the book's very action packed. It's an adventure and it's an exciting read. It's really interesting. You said when you were growing up, like you didn't have people of your kind of heritage or that you could identify with in books. Was it like that? Was there like... I think when I was in primary school and I used to read like Judy Bloom and Enid Blyton mm. and Roald Dahl and I loved all of those books and all those classics. And to be honest with you, I didn't really give it much thought. I kind of yeah. just accepted as a kid, oh, people that look like me aren't in books. Like it wasn't even, you know, you're, you're young, you're not really you're not thinking of it on that deep level. It was just something that I was aware of, but it... it you know, it, I guess in a way it's a little bit sad in reflection. And I think it, it only really dawned on me once Azura started bringing books home that I kind of thought, yeah. oh, a second, why are there no book, like, why are there no like main characters in these stories that look like her, reflect her? And that's what got me thinking. And the reality is, as we know, no matter who you are, where you're from, what your background is, whether you're watching something, reading or listening, you want to feel like you're part of something. You want to feel included. And I think that's really important for kids. 
Yeah, yeah, because I think it's definitely like you know, as well as from like a, a race point of view, but from even from a class point of view, 100%. The, the books are you know we read like Enid Blyton and the fan, fantastic, well, famous five, whatever they're called. It's like yeah. Dorothy and Chipper <laughs> are off to the the <laughs> lead mill exactly. to see the wind. And all that. what the fuck is that? Exactly. We're just like <laughs> and a kid in southeast London. And that's a really important point because there are subject matters in Luna Wolf Animal Wizard where you know we're dealing with like she loses her mum when she's young, so there's you know there's subjects that are touching on real life, you know, dealing with like blended families, a new stepmom, growing up obviously without a mom, like lots of real issues, which I think is important because we shouldn't dumb down the fact that there are millions of kids out there going through serious issues at a very young age and they have to emotionally figure out how to handle that and deal with that. So I don't like to shy away from it, even though I'm writing something that is escapism and it's action packed and it's fun, I want to make sure that there's a touch of realness to it too. Love it. Yeah, that's great. Alicia, can I go back to the wolf wagon quickly? Yeah, the wolf wagon. <laughs> oh, I love the wolf wagon. I should have put the wolf wagon in the book. I did it. Yes. Yeah. I, I think you could do a whole book. Yeah, that, called that's the wolf a wagon series of books you could about do as a, fire, like a, a spin off series. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so, could you now, you know, you had the seven dogs. Could you name all dogs and breeds off the yes. top of your head now? Yes. Can, we, can I get a picture of these dogs, please? What uh, we got looking at? So, Teggy was a very, very little. Actually, in my book, I've actually name checked all the dogs. So, you know, when you do your thank yous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's a lot of shit you're picking up, though, Alicia. Seven dogs. <laughs> I, I don't think they deserve a thank you. That, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Good old mum. <laughs> So in terms of the seven that were living with us, so there was Teggy, who was a little rescue dog from the Blue Cross, and she was black, and she was um, she was mixed, but mainly with Jack Russell. Then there was Bobby, a little Bichon. He was white. He was from the Blue Cross as well. Then we have Prince and Paris, who are still with us to this day. We love them very much. They're naughty brothers. They're two golden cocker spaniels. Then we've got Daisy, who was my beloved rescue dog. I got her from the RSPCA. She was a bit like a pointer, but we never quite knew what her breed was. She was mixed, but she looked like a pointer. And the, the, the artwork in the book is actually based on Daisy because I had her for 13 years um, and unfortunately had to say goodbye to her last summer. She was my baby. Aww. And then we had another dog who I rescued from a horrible household where there was a lot of abuse going on. And her, her name was Rosie and she was a little golden cock spaniel. We had her for 12 years as well. So, yeah, a lot of lovely dogs. They're, they're, they're all characters in their own right. Well, you, you you can hear you lighting up when you're talking about the dogs and how much you love them oh, and what a big them. part of your, your life they are. Love so I liked, how was it, though, having... Because obviously you had some of these dogs before you had children. Yes. Were you sort of... It was, was you getting out a sort of maternal energy yes. towards them? The reason why I ended up with the naughty brothers, Prince and Paris, who we named after Michael Jackson's children, which is really random. Um, <laughs> that, that's because one yeah. day I was You can't like, call a dog blanket though, can you? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Blanket's blanket? <laughs> this is Blanket's little brother, Chew Toy. Where's Blanket's blanket? <laughs> <laughs> So we basically Tell you what, I'm going to go on Britain's Got Talent. I reckon you'll buzz me through. I'm fucking smashing. You've got the gold buzzer written all over you, mate. Funny. Um, so basically, one day, uh, I think I said to my partner, I think I really would love to have a baby. And he was, he was a bit on the fence. And then uh, I just thought, well, you know what? If, you're not gonna, if we're not going to have children now, I'm going to go and get uh, some young dogs to look after so I can give them all that motherly love. And that's basically what I did. Yeah. Yeah, oh. okay. But, so yeah. it was kind of a stopgap. 
Have you ever had a puppy? Uh, well, I've got um, a dog. I've got a whippet. Yeah, Rob, I'm Rob. I'll be honest with you. He's got a very different relationship to his dog to you. Okay. Because so, I was going to say, having a puppy is like having a newborn baby because you have yes. to take them outside every 15 minutes. They keep you awake all night and they are hard work. Yes, they are. And I actually find the dogs now, are more the dog I've got, is more hassle than my like seven-year-old and five-year-old because they basically stay as toddlers for the whole life, don't they? Exactly. Essentially. Um, exactly. That's the issue. No, I, I like having the dog. I love it said, in the family. Said through gritted teeth. No, Rob. I don't love dogs the way you love dogs, Alicia. However, Who's Lou really wanted it? a dog. Who's got, got a whippet? I've got Rob's a whippet. Got a whippet. They're so cute. They are. Lo- it's a lovely dog. But now, hear me out. See if you can get this. But I feel like there's a lot needed from me, energy-wise, from my wife and children, and then going out and do my job. I don't need something else <laughs> on my case. <laughs> on my case. He's always, he always wants something. He eats everything. No, I get it. I get it. He ate a panettone the other day, Alicia. <laughs> Are you joking? On my life, full panettone, chocolate that one, not raisin, so don't panic. That says about your life now, Rob, wow. these days. You've got yeah, to get eating a panettone. Yeah. You've changed, mate. No, I haven't because I get delivered the panettone, but I don't eat fucking panettone. That's why it. it's out on the side. I don't know if he enjoyed it. He absolutely smashed through it. They're <laughs> proper scavengers, whippets. They'll eat anything, but they They're get fat so real quick. Cute. And is he super quick? Really quick, very yeah. agile. I love what like walking him and watching him run. I've not walked him for ages, to be honest, actually. But um, yeah, I love <laughs> the idea of walking away, him. Who's walking him? I've got a yeah. dog walker this week oh. because Do you? well, because like, I can't. I'm working and I've got the kids because lose away. I haven't got the time to properly walk no, him, I so I'd rather it. he got a proper walk. Trust but me, I, I we, we do walk him when we're not both, but when it's too much in a week to give a dog a proper walk. And I know, so, I know. So who's your, is your mum walking the dogs? You got My the... mum is amazing. Honestly, If it, I would not have been able to have had these dogs if without her support. And thankfully, she's as obsessed with animals right. as I am. So yeah, that helps then. Quite nicely. My yeah. mum hates all animals. No! She, honestly. Mom hates all animals. Honestly, she's not <laughs> into so it at young. all. She's yeah, it's quite it's quite weird actually. Really? That, yeah, That's she's not into statement. animals. Yeah, it's a huge statement, isn't it? It's, and how I, can you I, say I, you're not into animals? It's like saying I'm not into trees or I'm not into. <laughs> the she's know? not a big tree fan either, to be They're honest. Part of our ecosystem and our world and our that, planet. How can yeah, you that, hate them? She's astroturf the garden. I think she's. What's your mum's name? What, what, my mum's um, Susan. Susan, come on, Susan. I know. She's very loving with humans, though. She loves humans. but well, she, she loves lo- humans, but humans can be arseholes. Well, do you know what? She's... <laughs> so can some dogs sometimes, do you know what I mean? In the panettone. But no, she... they've got bad owners, Rob. Yes, OK. Well, yeah, but then some humans have bad parents. It all goes back that way. Um, no, my mum's a bit unsteady on her feet, got a bad knee, bad eyes. I don't think she likes anything quick. She, I don't think she'd get on with Lewis Hamilton, if I'm honest with you. Your, daughter's, your daughter's absolutely like lightning, Rob. <laughs> I know, but they are, they are her grandchildren. Anyway, yeah. let's get on. Let's move on from my mum's cold heart um, and get back into <laughs> Alicia. Now, Alicia, can I ask you a question? You're writing books and you've got a nine-year-old now. My daughter's seven. Yeah. I'm already struggling with the maths. How are you at the homework side of things? Um, I passed the maths homework over to her dad. Nice. Because right. all his family are accountants and they, you know, they're great. I mean, he's not an accountant, but he's really good at math. Yeah. Um, annoyingly good at math. So I let, he takes care of that. I'm more the English homework. Sure. Yeah. Creative. Best-selling author. Best-selling author. <laughs> but it's, we've got a nice balance in the house. But she's really independent, actually, quite a bit like me. And she just gets on with it and she's, she does really well and very rarely asks us for any help, which is very good. 
That's nice. That's good. That's so good. she cracks on with it. Fair enough. Gets on with it. Yeah, it's great. And is that what you were like? Can you see yourself as a child? Because obviously, you're quite a driven person. Can you see? Were you like that as a child? And can you see that in her? Yeah, definitely. And I see it in my three-year-old as well. Like down to the smallest things. Like if you try to help her put her shoes on or a coat, everything's no, no, no. I want to do this. And my mum said yeah. I was very much the same. Um, just kind of that independence and yeah and I like that actually because it makes you confident as a parent that you know they're going to be self-sufficient and they're you know going to be able to look after themselves and not need to be babied up until their teenagers you know um yeah. very important to me that they you know I'm, I'm trying to get my you know my nine-year-old cooking dinner yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like come on in the kitchen let's learn how to cook so once a week you can take over <laughs> oh wow and what's she no, like i'm only joking but i do want her to learn how to cook and be self-sufficient so that stuff's important because they're very privileged they have a great life but we don't let them you know sit around thinking that they're just going to be waited on we're like we everyone has to get involved and that's quite important for us yeah definitely. and how because they are having a very different lifestyle to you very. growing up and, and your your childhood and things like that yeah. do you have to bite your tongue to go well when i was a kid and stuff like that or are you a bit more yeah. chill with it because it's hard but not we, to sometimes we talk to them about this all the time you know for example um the other day she was doing her homework and like her father he was born in the uk but he went back to nigeria and he went to school in nigeria and he said that some days they'd come home and they wouldn't have electricity right for for hours on end maybe it would last a few days and they'd have to sit and do their homework in candlelight and she's sitting there doing her homework and he so we were talking about this and we turned off all the lights and he said, and he put the candle near her. He said, try doing your homework like this. He said, because this is what daddy used to have to do. She <laughs> lasted a minute. You know? <laughs> and he's like, and it's just, we just have that, but we do it in a fun way, but we just try to remind her and show her, you know, don't take anything for granted. You know, yeah. the fact that you have running water, food in your tummy, beautiful home, parents that love you, you know, you, we're, you're very lucky and you deserve this, but we want you to be grateful. So we constantly have that conversation and remind her, you know, what the, show her what the real world is like, because that's important, because I want my children to grow up mindful and aware of the world and how privileged they are. And yeah. what, what's it like for her to have, you know, one of the most famous people in the country as her mum? Does that come up or is she bored of it now? The kids at school don't really care? Because <laughs> yeah. it's a big show as well. It's like a show that kids watch. Yeah, you know, she it's asked, a... well, someone actually asked her that in front of me the other day and she went, it's kind of cool. Like she's quite <laughs> chill about it. And yeah. honestly, the only thing she cares about when I'm filming a show like Britain's Got Talent is, is Amanda's kid's going to be there? Is oh, Simon's oh. son going to be there? She's more interested in organising the play date yeah. and what yeah. their video games they can all play or what they can, ha you know, when they're hanging out. So do you take them to record dates then? Yes, yes. Right. So like the live shows or yeah. when you're in the country? Try and coordinate it so that all the kids come on the same day so they can all hang out. Usually once, in, you know, once, a, we do like six live shows, so they'll maybe come to the final or something like that. And then oh, maybe, nice. maybe an audition day as well, they'll come and hang out. And do they have a room that like, is sort of like the playroom <laughs> for all the kids? No, but we did used to say to the producers, can we, that when they were really little, we used to say, can we get a crash? But obviously they're older now, they could sit and watch the show. And there was actually one day that we all brought our dogs in as well. It was mental. <laughs> I've seen a photo of that. The wolf wagon turned up. <laughs> I only brought one of the seven in because yeah. every one of it, you know, Simon's got squiggly and diddly. 
You know, David's <laughs> got two dogs. Amanda's got her dog. Ant and Deck have got dogs. And I, you know, it was chaos, but in the best way possible, you know. It was very funny. I feel like they could give the kids a little dressing room to all hang out in. Because have, have you ever worked with Jerry Halliwell, Alicia? I haven't, no. So I worked with her on a show, and <laughs> her, she had her son there who was about 18 months, and he had his own dressing room. Are you it was slightly bigger than mine. <laughs> I need to work that into my contract. That's I know. Has <laughs> your, your daughter ever disagreed with a decision you've made on Britain's Got Talent? Has she always, ever gone? Always. always. Yes, I constantly get told off for pressing the buzzer. Um, she has a very strong opinion on every single thing I say and do. And usually <laughs> I get criticised. And I'm thinking, is this normal? Like, <laughs> for a nine-year-old to be so um, critical? Why is your hair like that? I'm not sure about that outfit. Why did you Why did you press your buzzer for that person? That was a bit mean, mummy. And I, I come home to a judge. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> I find it quite funny. And I do ask her opinion on a lot of things because she's quite sassy she's very funny she's actually put a lot of input into to to the recent book as well like I let her choose a couple of the character names in the book and you know she'll sit and do sketches for you know outfits that she thinks will suit characters so I try to let her in on my little world somehow because she's you know she's got very strong they have very strong opinions even at nine do you know what though I'd say it's really reassuring because like if she thinks like, oh you don't know I don't like your outfit mum or what you're doing that for and stuff like that because you and your husband there's a I, 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 I found a photo of you at the um, LGBT awards I think you two look so cool you're in like this pink like jacket jacket your, your, your husband's got sunglasses on and a black suit you look like the coolest people I've ever seen so if your children think you look silly or you're wearing the wrong stuff <laughs> then that gives us hope does that us. make you feel better Rob yeah because I look at you look unbelievable if you're, so basically the bottom line is your kids our kids everyone's kids know fuck all because <laughs> you two look unbelievable she's not happy with that she's Jesus Christ. We say to her all the time, listen, girl, you've got some cool parents, right? Yeah. I'm actually quite cool. But then if you say that, I'm actually quite cool, you know. Then you don't sound cool, do you? And you're like, exactly. Your parents are really cool. And then you go, are we? Yeah. But you've, you're a bit more glamorous on telly. I've been on telly getting a colonic, do you know what I mean, in my pants and stuff like no, that. That's so. not the only time when you didn't look cool on TV. Like, you've never looked cool on TV. You have not done that. I've had a colonic on telly. Are you joking? No, no yeah, real life yeah. with Romesh. <laughs> on Sky On Demand, Rob and Romesh versus basketball, weirdly. And I had a clear out on that. I'm um, fascinated with them. Have you, you never had one? Have you had one? I have had one. They're great, aren't they? Oh, I'm not sure, Elite. Do you know, so my pr- What's issue meant was... meant to achieve? Alicia, You're supposed you know? to draw out all the toxins and, you know, mm. it depends on what your diet's like. Things get stuck, don't they? And they just oh, help. Right. Yeah, well... Out. I think we should move on, really. No, no, let's keep... I'm like this. No, basically, <laughs> Romesh had a... Romesh... So, basically, they, they they put, like, a tube up your bum, Josh. And yeah, I yeah thought I'm aware that'd of be that the... bit. That bit's... That, that's, I know the headline. I'm looking more for the... Uh, I assume that would be the worst bit, but I don't know if you found this. It was no, the pressure. When... Yes. They, they start filling you up with water. Yes. And then that's what expands. Like yeah, because it gets the water everywhere inside you so that you know then what, it all dislodges. Yes, I Alicia. think that a colonic is the closest a man will get to experiencing what a 
uh, a contraction kind of feels oh, like. Really? I'm glad yes. you brought it back to the subject as well. Yes. So it means we can talk about it more. Yes, I tell you why. Because you know that bit when your stomach completely fills up and then yep. it's like a really achy feeling, you know, like when you've got a bad tummy. Yes, yes, yep. That's a fraction of what a contraction feels like. Yeah, because I think, it, I think you probably get the uncomfortableness with it without the sort of pain and pressure of the yeah, baby. You but like really, that, yeah. really breathe through it, don't you? Mm. Like, Deep yeah, breath. well, I was trying to, but I was laughing at a butter mushroom coming out whole <laughs> from Ramesh. <laughs> I very... watched my friend have it done once, the first time I saw her have it's it done. It's fascinating, isn't it? And when you see a bit of tomato or something yeah. come out, oh, like, my oh no, you need, to eat your, you need to chew your food, girl. Yeah, that fucking was sun-dried, <laughs> wasn't it? Jesus. When you see you sat and had, your, what's your, were you having yours done that day or did you just go along as a spectator? I was just with her and uh, she allowed me to sit in the room with her because I'm strange oh, like that. Like I, find I love it. Fascinating. Yeah. And she let me watch it, and I thought it was very interesting. Yes, it's very <laughs> uncomfortable, but I think it does it does have a good old clear out, but it's um it takes a few I found it it took a few days for full recovery down there really? personally. I can still feel a breeze getting out of the shower. Oh, I think it really don't. I think that was the wrong tube. Don't <laughs> um anyway, how were your births? Let's get back to that soon as you brought up giving birth to a child. First one was lovely. Um, wow. Yeah, I didn't listen to any stories from anybody else. I wasn't interested in any, you know, horror stories. I just tried to stay in a really positive place. I did the hypnobirthing thing. Um, got myself really calm. You know, it wasn't perfect. There were moments where um, I was very challenged, but overall, my first birth was a natural birth, and yeah, no, no drugs. I did have an epidural. Yeah, at the last minute. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was very painful, but my overall the overall feeling when I look back at the first birth was a really positive one. Okay, that's good. No well, it's good to hear because sometimes it is all drama stories where it can just be quite sort of textbook in a way, can't it? So it's good to hear that side of it. But w- how about your second? Second one because I was a bit I was more stressed looking after obviously a young child. I was working as I said before right up until the point where my waters broke, and then. Uh, my waters broke, but baby wasn't ready to come out. And I, it was a very, very long process in them trying to induce me. And this way, and by that point, when you've not slept for, you know, 24 hours and you're exhausted and, you know, you've been pumped with so much stuff to try and get things moving and she didn't want to play ball. In the end, I had to have uh, a C-section, but it wasn't planned. I didn't want it. Um, and I found the whole, th- I found all of that very uncomfortable. Like I've spoken to women that have, chosen to do that and they've had no issues with it but for me I don't know if it was a psychological thing because I really wanted a natural birth but I did not like it and that feeling when your body goes numb oh. I hated it and it felt strange oh, wow. to me and I there was a moment my funniest moment they said to me it won't hurt you won't feel a thing so they they numbed my body and then when they started to like move my stomach around and open it up or whatever I started shouting at them. I was like, you said it wasn't going to hurt. <laughs> I can feel it. So I'm, I'm shouting at them. Oh, always nice, right? I'm shouting at them. And my poor partner, he's like, it was like a horror movie was happening over the curtain and he watched the whole thing. So in the end, they gave me gas and air because I was like telling them off. Yeah. <laughs> Just to shut you up. I had 
the gas and air. He said, then I was cracking up laughing. <laughs> he said, I'm shouting at them to roll, literally laughing my head off. And he's looking over the curtain. He can see all this blood. And it was like he said, it was like something from a horror movie. And I'm laughing my head off. And, Amazing. Um, and that's his memory of it. So it was a bit more dramatic. And then obviously baby came. She was amazing. We were in floods of tears. It was brilliant. But then even afterwards, you know, I was very sick. I kept being sick. I felt horrific for it's days. It's a long recovery because my yeah. wife had an emergency C-section. And um, Awful. You ju it's just a long... You're, rec you're recovering from an operation. Exactly. Exactly. And all I'm worried about is, can I get on an aeroplane and go and do America's <laughs> Got Talent? Oh, God. Yeah, oh so how God. soon after was you doing that? Five weeks after. Five five. So, was so it, it wasn't meant God. to be a week after then? Yes, yes. Oh, wow. I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest. And then part no. of me thought, maybe my little baby knew I needed more recovery time and that's why she came early. Yeah, or you was thinking an extra 15% get me on that plane. <laughs> Mama's earning in no, America. I the manager then, Rob. <laughs> All right, OK, yeah. <laughs> but I, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a whirlwind. But you know what? Interestingly, they pump you with so many drugs, don't they, when you have a C-section? And then they're like, you know, you can't do this, you can't drive, you can't walk, blah, 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 blah. I stayed in hospital for a few days. I came home. I stopped taking all the drugs that they gave me. And, yeah, it was very painful getting up in the morning. But I was hoovering, like, the, the day after I came out of hospital. I was up and God. I was walking. Yeah, I was walking around the garden with the buggy. I felt fine. I think sometimes the, the drugs kind of suppress you and dumb down what your body is actually capable of doing for itself. So yeah. Yeah, it was great. And then I spent four weeks in, you know, at home, strolling around the garden, going out for lovely walks, eating good food, relaxing. So by the time we got on that aeroplane, I was ready to rock and roll. You're, you are so, you're, you're going to be one of those people that's like when they're like 97, that, <laughs> you, that you're like great grandchildren are going to go around and you've ordered a shed and you're trying to put it up. And like, Nan, <laughs> Nan, Nan, what are you doing? Like My mum is like that. Really? Okay. She's been like that since we were kids. And I think I do get a bit of that from her. Like you'd come home and my mum had built a patio. <laughs> <laughs> she is still like that to this day. And I always say to my mum, Mum, you know we can we can pay someone to do that. And she's like, Why why pay someone when I can do it myself? So she's she's always been like that, very creative, gets on with it. But you're right, I will probably be building a shed or <laughs> yeah. 90. I hope I'm still going out for runs and going to the gym when I'm 90. That's my mind. Oh, nan, I don't. I want to fucking nan. just sack it off at about 83. Oh, mate. Listen, I'm done at 60. My nan used to go to the gym. I used to get people coming up to me saying, Your nan's a legend. I saw her in the gym. And she was like, <laughs> Oh, my word. <laughs> so you're oh never going to stop. This is it. Just keep going. Well, no. I, th I believe that uh, the older I get, the more I think the balance is important. It's important to work hard, but you've got to play hard and relax. And the rest is just as important as yeah. the other stuff. So I'm well, learning is, that more and more. This is terrible news for anyone that's eyeing up a judge job <laughs> on, a, on somewhere's got talent because you're not letting it... Well, because you're, you're going to be there 200. Nothing. <laughs> Yeah, well, that work ethic. Cracks, so fingers crossed. <laughs> you need to take your foot off the pedal, get lazy, so it's like a week someone else can sneak in. Come on, Alicia. Um, oh, don't. I'm going to try and create opportunities for other people, Rob. That's the plan. There we but just, go. Yes, but just Where not on the show you're on. Our, our approach. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they don't want to be one of four judges. Great, loads of ops. Um, Alicia, thank you so much. We've got our final two questions, if that's all right. Yes. <laughs> um, so this basically, we ask this to all our guests and it's what's the one thing, so there's a positive and negative spin on it. 
it's two questions. What's the one thing that really annoys you about your partner in the way they parent and something <laughs> that drives you a bit mad? And then what's the one thing that they do as a dad that you're just like, oh my God, they're so amazing. That, it, that I, I'm, I'm so thankful that, we're that they're doing more, this We're me. obviously more interested in the first one, but get through the second one and then we can talk <laughs> about the thing that annoys you. <laughs> so this, let's start on a positive. The positive is, um, oh my God, where do I start and he'll probably be listening to this so there's a lot of pressure here it's a bit pretty popular show actually probably will just by chance i mean to sum it up if you said to azura what do you love about your dad she would literally say everything i swear they have that beautiful father-daughter relationship and i love watching that i love watching how present he is for her how caring considerate patient but he's but he's you know like the dads are so good at being strict but then they're so loving as well and he's got that lovely balance and he's just a very hands-on parent and they love and respect their dad so much and i love i love watching that and that yeah. that brings me a lot of joy so i'd say that's that nice it makes me worry about how little my children respect me but oh, there we no. go really <laughs> no, no i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine yeah, I, just don't don't, I, don't think that, I just don't think that's limited to your kids i think in general josh <laughs> you just got that kind of vibe i yeah. think the worst thing about him uh in terms of parents, <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah, okay no, he's never wrong right yeah he's right and when you're quite a stubborn person too yeah that we we yeah. definitely you know we have to get to a place sometimes where we agree to disagree because he has his beliefs and i have my beliefs so we can clash sometimes in that respect but he overall i hate the fact that i can't find anything bad to criticize about him right yeah. but he's always right i, I can't because i can't imagine you two arguing because I, I think i'd i'd you know find you quite intimidating no what, what, what we argue you... about Go on. The heating the heating, okay. Because I, he has it, so it is like Jamaica and Nigeria in the house all the time. And I like it, you know, I like a nice happy medium. So we're constantly mm. fighting over the heating. It's the silly things that we, we bicker about. But yeah, the heating is one of the most annoying things. But with as far as the kids are concerned, that's the one area we don't really argue. Right, okay. Um, right, that's so, good. Because I think you'd be quite intimidating in an argument, Alicia. Yeah. I th well, I think because you're very articulate and very intelligent, but also you've sort of lived a real life and you've, you know, you was in mystique. I feel like you could fuck me up if you wanted to. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like you've got, there's a, you know, you've lived a real life. There's an edge to you. If you want to go outside of spoons, you can handle yourself. Been, I think we've lasted for 12 years because he can outsmart me sometimes, which I secretly love, but I also hate it. <laughs> He's very smart himself and very sharp. But then we, you know, there's a lot of banter and a lot of laughter in our house. And I think that's the best medicine for everything. Really? Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Thanks, Alicia. It's Thank been absolutely amazing. Been Good brilliant. luck with your um, new book. Oh, thanks, guys. What's the title again? Uh, it's Lunar Wolf Animal Wizard. Yes. Let's get that to 200,000 sales, yes, Rob. Please. Yes, perfect. <laughs> um, it's, it's coming out in March, 2023. March the 2nd, but you can pre-order it now. Perfect. order. Thank you, Alicia. Thanks, guys. Alicia Dixon, there we go. Oh. What a lovely woman. Oh, I love her. She's great. I met her once before at some sort of awards do. She's really... She's really normal. It's like even yeah. though she's like she's on these big shows, she's a really normal, hardworking person that's lived like a proper life, and she's worked really hard and had you know, and, and now doing really well. So it's really uh, it's nice when you see someone nice doing well. Exactly, it's so rare in our industry. But Josh, I wanted to shout with a one sonship so much. Well, it's too late now, Rob. I know, but I it would have been disrespectful to do it. it too tough. Her. 
It would wouldn't have. it? Would have won some, Mystica, would have won because she can sort of garage MC and yeah. she doesn't really do it much anymore, but no. I think she's really good at it. I, I think I think what's more disrespectful is just doing it once you know she's not on the Zoom call. But there we go. No, I I think talking about people behind their backs <laughs> very underrated. <laughs> and I think it's something that really helps. That's what we should call this section, where we talk about the guest behind their backs. After yes, they've gone. basically. I wanted to ask her if she finds it annoying that Mystique from X-Men has sort of superseded Mystique the group. Oh, right, yeah. I'm glad but, you stuck with the questions you went with. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Right, see you Tuesday. Bye. All the ones on ship. Answer.